I love these type of dafim because, you know, it helps with the kids in school when they complain why they need to learn math. All you need to do is crank open, uh, you know, one of these dafim, sukkah dafay, and say, all right, see if you can figure this out without, <laughs> without at least passing fifth grade, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, all right, let's go. Let's go. Today's daf is daf hey in sukkah. Give out. We're up to the fourth line. Beginning of the fourth line. Vlayarda shechina lemata. The shechina did not come all the way down. So what's going on up here? So yesterday at the end of the daf we discussed why the minimum measurement of a wall is ten tefachim. And we said we learned it out from the aron that the aron itself was nine tefachim tall. And then the covering, the thickness of the cover was one tefach. Hence... We're, we're, as we're going to see, a limud from a limud from a limud. You know, to learn from a, learning out this, from this, from this, the smallest measurement of a kosal is going to be ten tefachim. Okay, that's ultimately what it's going to be learned out from. Now, within this conversation, we touched on yesterday, the pasuk of Hashamayim Shamayim Lashem Ba'aretz Nasan Levnei Adam, that no human being, no human being, has gone within 10 Tfachim of the Shekhinah up in Shemayim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has not come down within 10 Tfachim down here on earth. All right? What we're going to do in the beginning of this Gemara is challenge that. Okay? We're going to challenge that. And now, obviously, just to say, well, just to, we'll say, focus on the obvious. Isn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu with us? Every single moment. Yeah? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is inside of me. Famous Uncle Maishi Nigan. Up, up, down, down, right, left, and all around. Yeah? This Gemara is a kasha on Uncle Maishi. Because he's not down, down. He's ten tefachim above the earth. Yeah? <laughs> you don't see it. Right? So, over here we're dealing with the Shechina. The Shechina of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu obviously can can reside within all of us and reside and be, and be close, but the the shama, the shechina shall shall shamayim we'll call it, you know where the kisei are covered. That with the kaddish baruch whose complete glory never comes down within ten tefachim. Now let's let's challenge us. Here we go. We're, we're now starting today's daf. Four lines on the top of Hayam Aleph. First words on the line. We are the shechina lamata. The shechina never come down within ten tefachim. Of the earth, Hashem came down on Har Sinai. On seems to imply literally on, right? Touching. Says Gemara, no. On could be above. Right? When you're on top of something, doesn't necessarily mean you're within ten tefachim. And we're going to keep giving this type of answer for the next few steps. On the day of Mashiach, this Baruch whose feet are going to be standing on Arazesim. See, he comes down within ten tefachim. Says Gemara, Standing means above ten tefachim. Vayolam Moshe, Vayolam Aaron. Did Moshe and not go within ten tefachim of <coughs> of the marim of the heavens? Vaksev Moshe Allah like Moshe Mamish went up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Gemara, up, but not all the way. Close but no cigar, as we say. Lamata Meyazara. Moshe Beinu still remain ten tefachim distant from the Kisei Hakavod. Vaksev Vayal Aliyah Besara Shemayim. Aliyah went up to the Shemayim in a wind. Okay, he went up, but ten tefachim away. Hakadosh Baruch Hu. There's a fascinating pasuk which seems to argue on this entire thing. Hakadosh Baruch Hu allowed Maishir Abenu 
to hold on to the th- his throne. When Maisha was in danger from the Malachim, Hakadosh Baruch Hu spread his shechina on top of Maisha. It says more lematim asar. No, it was ten tefachim away. Says more has the possible. He's ten tefachim away. He's holding on. He's holding on. Okay, if you're touching, you're not ten tefachim away. Yeah, we're not social distancing over here. It says that he held on to the leg of the throne. There's no, uh, there's no social distancing. It says the Gemara. Listen to this. Away from the Shechina, but allowed the leg of his throne to extend ten beneath the Mara and beneath the heavens, and that's why Moshe was able to grab on. In other words, it's kind of like uh, picture it as what do they call them? The the life saver, like when somebody's drowning, you throw them a, you throw them this round tube, right? A life preserver. Yeah. So, in other words, a person's far too far, a person's far away. They're in trouble. You throw them a life preserver. This, but that person's still in the same spot. You just reached out further to them. You got a life preserver. So, Maishu Ravino didn't come when it says he held on to the Giza Kava because Baruchu kind of extended the leg as a life preserver to protect Maishu Ravino, but he never came within the ten Tvach. Okay, period. End of that discussion. And we're sticking to our guns. All right? We're sticking to our guns, which is... HaKadosh Baruch Hu always remains ten tefachim above the Aretz and a human will always remain ten tefachim away from the Shemayim. Okay, HaShemayim, Shemayim, HaShem, Aretz and Asan Levnei Adam. Alright, let's go back to how we started out today with our introduction. And we said, we're focusing on the mitzvah of sukkah. A sukkah must be at least ten tefachim tall. Why? Because the Aron, the source of what a Kaisal is, as we're about to see, was nine Tvachim, and the covering was an additional Tepach of thickness, so it ended up being ten Tvachim tall. What we're now going to do in the Gemara is prove it. Prove, how do you know that the Aron is nine Tvachim, the cover was an additional Tepach? Let's go through all these sources and tear apart that premise. Here we go. Bish Loma Aron it's understandable why we said the Aron was nine Tvachim tall. Because the Pasuk says, The Aron was made out of Shittim wood. Let's look at these measurements. Let's get into some math. Two and a half Amas was its length. Now, an Amma in the base Hamikdash, each Amma was six Tvachim. Follow this. Each Amma is six Tvachim. So if the Aron is two and a half Ammos long, how many Tvachim long was the Amma? What was the Aron? So two and a half Ammas. One Amma is six Tvachim. Another Amma is six Tvachim. Half an Amma is three Tvachim. So how many Tvachim long was the Aron? 15 Tvachim. You following me? Are we here? So far, this should be simple. Each Amma is 6 Tvachim. If it's 2.5 Ammos, it's 15 Tvachim in length. Okay. The Amma Vachetzi Rachbar. And 1.5 Ammas wide, which is 9 Tvachim wide. An Amma and a half. Each Amma is 6 Tvachim. An Amma and a half wide means 9 Tvachim wide. The Amma Vachetzi Kaimazai. And an Amma and a half tall. 
How many tvachim is an amma and a half? If each amma is six tvachim, so it's now nine, one and a half, right? So you have six plus three. So that means this is a proof from the pasuk. It seems to be explicit in the pasuk. The aron is nine tvachim tall. Okay, now. Ella, so we understand how we know the walls of the urn itself was nine tefachim. Ella kapayres tefach How do you know the covering of the aron was an additional tefach of thickness, leading us to the total of ten tefachim? Hence our sukkah. Okay, you see, you understand the connection of all this here. Yeah, we're yeah, it's being articulated. We got this. All right, nine tefachim for the aron, one tefach for the thickness. That's going to be the source for ten tefachim of a sukkah. Let's get into this. How do you know that that covering was additional All of the kalim that were given to Maisha to make. The Torah gives their width, their length, and their height. But the covering, the Torah says how long and wide but the thickness on how it laid on top of the aron midas komasa lo not it didn't tell us how thick it was so how are we going to figure out how what its width was i'm not its width what its thickness was okay above the aron so tsayulamad yeah you know you ever heard this expression tsayulamad pesach seder right tsayulamad ma bikish lamara yeah go out and learn tsayulamad mi pachal shabakela Go out and learn and say, listen, if we don't know how thick the covering is, so let's go look at what was the smallest vessel in the Mishkan. Shenemar, it says, You make a rim, a border around the Shulchan. How big? A tefach. So this rim around the Shulchan was the smartest, was not the smartest, I'm sorry. Was the smallest kli in the Mishkan, Malahalon Tefach, just like the smallest kli is a Tefach, Afkan Tefach, so too it must be the covering is a Tefach. Now I want everybody to notice something the Gemara is going to pick on. How do we know that it was a Tefach? We said, well, it has to be at least a Tefach, because every vessel is at least a Tefach. We're going to assume. It's no smaller than the smallest cleat. Okay? What's the obvious question? You still don't know that this was a tefach. How do you know it's the same as the smallest cleat? Maybe it should be like an average size cleat. Maybe a big cleat. Maybe it was very thick. That's going to be the Gemara's next question. I'm going to learn a big sight over here. Fenel of Kalem Gufayu. Why are you looking at the rim around the table to be a tefach? Why don't you look at, it, at the cleat itself? And say there's no actual kli that was as small as a tefach. Mara says, big yisai tefasta meruba like tefasta, tefasta muat tefasta. If you try to grab a lot, you end up with nothing, right? When you try to grab a little, you end up with something. And therefore, whenever you have the opportunity to gauge or to take something in, there's an important balance that we need to have in don't go after what, I, what you feel is the most possible, right? This comes up with, you know, there's, there's a joke they say, there's a, 
uh, a guy fresh out of college, fresh out of college, takes a job interview. Right? And um, the interviewer says, you know, um, what do you think? And I, I've been told, I don't have experience, but I've been told that th there's ways to answer this question, right? What do you expect to, to be your compensation package? What should be your compensation? So the guy says, well, how about 85 grand a year with four vacation days a month and the lease paid for by the company? Okay. The interviewer says, huh? A car lease paid for by the company. So the interviewer says, how about I throw in for your four vacation days, we'll send you to Cancun one month, we'll send you to Iceland the next month, we'll send you flying all around the world for each vacation day, and at the end of each year, we give you a Ferrari, and you get 10% annually put into your retirement. The guy says, what, are you joking? He says, yeah, but you started it. <laughs> right? <laughs> The faster maruba light the faster. Well, it's a joke, right? In other words, you, you, you start uh, grabbing too much, right? They kick you out of the interview. You end up with nothing. Says the Gemara, Murmua Tafasa. You don't go after the biggest. If you're unsure about something, you stay conservative with, you stay conservative with its number. And therefore, again, let's take this back at our Gemara. If the Torah does not give us the minimum amount of the measurement for the thickness of the of the kapiris, uh, the covering of the arab, you look at the smallest other kli shayich possible, and you take that number. Okay, says the Gemara. One second, you want to learn out small kalim. The name of mitzitz. Why don't we learn out the size of the covering from the tzitz? The time learned their tzitz. Time of the tzitz was a little tats, was a little plate of gold. Verachav stands by. It was two fingers wide. Who mukaf me eyes and went from ear to ear across the forehead because of love. Stay sheeted. There were two lines written on it. Yudke milamala v'kaidesh lamid milmata. Vamra belaz berbiyasi ani reisib beraimi. I saw it in rhyme because of love. Kaidesh l'shem sheetachas. It was written on one line. Okay, machlek is whether it was kaidesh l'shem or on two lines or on one line. Bottom line. <laughs> Bottom line. Get it? Pun intended. It's smaller than a tefach. So why don't we say that the thickness of the covering of the Aaron is less than a tefach even? Says the Gemara, don't include me cleave, ain't don't include me takshit. The tzitz was not considered a vessel. The tzitz is considered jewelry. It's considered a takshit. It's considered a takshit. And therefore, don't include me cleave, ain't don't include me takshit. We're going to look at the smallest measurement of the kapiris, from, which is a cleave from the rim of the shulchan, which was a kli, as opposed to learning it out from the tzitz, which is a tachshit. Says the Gemara Vaiter, why don't we learn it out from the crown that was on top of each of the, uh, the vessels in the mishkan, the Amar Mar, Zer Mashu, the crown that came above the edges is even the slightest amount. That's not part of the kli. That's considered a hechsher kli. That's just considered an extension, you know, something extra that's added to the kli. Even the border of the shulchan was, is hechsher kli. It's not the shulchan itself. It's an extension. It says the gemara, yet towards the bottom. Okay? 
And uh, since it's towards the bottom, it's considered an integral part of the kli. It's not considered, it's not considered like an extra of the kli. If you say that a taco is towards the bottom, okay, you wiggled out of our question. But there is an opinion who says that this extra border was towards the top of the shulchan. Michael and Nimrod are going to say, "Hi, extra kli. It's no longer part of the kli. It's only a extra kli." And therefore, why don't we learn it out from the zer? We're back to our question of learn it out from the crown. Would Jesus fall in the teva? Says the Gemara, "Ela donam davar shalta b'teramida, midavar shalta b'teramida, b'al yachiyach sits b'zer, shloim nasmem teramida klal." Says Gemara, "I'll tell you. You know why we don't learn it out from the crown or the sits?" Because the Torah doesn't give any minimum measurements, doesn't discuss measurements by those things at all. Why do we have a, a, the, the zer, the crown? We do it extra, right? Do it to be, for, for beautification. But over here, when we're dealing with the kapiris, the cover of the, of the arun, so we're going to learn it, and uh, which is the measurements of it is written about in the Torah. Not the thickness of it, but there are measurements written about in the Torah. The length, the width, just not the thickness. As well as the border, also we know the Torah tells me minimum tefach. So I'll learn out something that the Torah gives measurements from to something else that it gives measurements from, rather than learn it out from the tzitz and the zer, where the Torah didn't talk about measurements for those things at all. Period. End of that answer. Let's just talk outside for a moment about the sugi, what we just came up with. And that is, we said yesterday, at the end of yesterday's daf, the Aaron was 10 Tvachim tall. Hence, the Sukkah needs to be 10 Tvachim tall. Today we're learning, how do you know the Aaron is 10 Tvachim tall? Says the, says the Gemara, because the Aaron itself was 9 Tvachim, and the thickness of the cover is one additional Tvach. How do you know that? Because the smallest measurement in the, of a Kli in the Mishkan is a Tvach, so we're going to assume it was a Tvach. 9 plus 1 equals 10 tvach. That's what we're holding right now in a nutshell. Okay. Says the Gemara, another possibility, how we know that the covering was a tefach. Ravuna Ravuna says, I'll prove it from here. The kain sprinkles the blood. We're saying, now, penei, literally means facing, but we're going to use this word literally, as also punim, to use it to mean a face. And a human face is never going to be smaller than a tefach. Since you use the word penei, hakapiris, where you sprinkled it on the face of the covering, memela, this word penei hints to a human face, which is at least a tefach. Ah, says the Gemara... The ema ke'ape, if you're comparing it to a face, why don't we compare it to a face of, we now turn to Amud Bey's Devar Yochni. Why don't you compare it to the face of a humongous bird? Now, this is a fascinating Rashi that many people get excited about. Um, Rashi tells us, just look at this top Rashi on Amud Bey's, Mamish, Mamish uh, Gewalt. Bar Yochni is a bird. Aif Godel, follow along in Rashi, it's great. A large bird. It's a very large bird. The Gemara in Bechayra says, One time, This Baryuchni, who usually lives away from society, it lives away from all human beings, but one time it happened to fly over an inhabited city, it dropped an egg, 
V'tova shishim krochim, and six these cities drowned. V'shibra shin arozim. Six these cities were like covered by the egg, and it broke 300 arozim, 300 cedar trees, from the, uh, from the impact. Okay, fine. But whether that's literal, whether it's referring to what we know nowadays of flying birds, airplanes, dropping bombs, and destroying things, no matter what, whatever it's referring to, you see that there are much larger animals and much larger faces. The Gemara is saying, if it says that, if you're going to understand the word pinay to literally mean a face, why are you taking the smallest face? Take the biggest face. Says the Gemara, same answer. You don't grab the biggest, you grab the smallest. So why don't we say it's a small bird, the tuva, the zudar tuva? Small birds, their faces are much smaller than the tafach, right? Your, your classic bird that flies around, its face is three inches? No. Ravuna learns out the word pnei from pnei. It says by the arn, he sprinkles it towards the cover. Yaakov went from... Um, in front of his father Yitzchak. So you see from here that we're dealing with a human face and the face of a human is never smaller than a tefach. Maybe you should learn it out from the ponim of a malach. It's like seeing the face of a malach and you were you were merutza for me. And we're going to assume the face of a malach is larger than a tefach. Same thing we said by the bird. We're not going to take a big face. I have been able to be kruv. Says Gemara, why don't you learn it out from the kruvim themselves that were that were on the aron, right? The kruvim themselves had, had uh, faces. And these faces, now we don't know for sure. Because do we, how, how big were the faces of the Kruvim? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. But the Gemara is just asking, whatever size it was, we find the word Pnei by Kruvim, so why don't, we, why don't we figure out how big their faces were and compare the Pnei Akapirus to the Pnei Akaruvim? Amr Yaakov, says, Gemiri ain Pnei Kruvim kusim tefach. Let me tell you something, it ain't going to help. You're right, technically you could, but the face of the Kruvim. We have Allah Lamaishmi Sinai, Masaira, they were larger than a tefach, Varavuna Nami Mehocha Gomer. Okay? They should say they're larger. They weren't any less than a tefach, and this taka could also be another source. Okay. So pause for a minute. For our sugya, we have a lot of beautiful information here, but let's I, I want to keep focus on our sugya. Our sugya was Hilchasukka needs to be Tantvachim. Why? Because the Aaron and the Kapiras create uh, the the, the created a, a kaisel, a wall. The Aaron was nine tefachim, and the covering was one tefach. How do you know the covering was one tefach? So before we gave one answer, right? We gave one answer, and we said the the first answer was that we're learning it out from the border of the shulchan, and now we're giving a second answer. The second answer is we're learning out penei penei from the face of a human or the face of the Kruvim, and we know that the face of a human and the face of Kruvim need to be at least a Tefach. 
Okay, that's the second way that we know that the, a second option to learn out that the covering was at least a tefach thick. Okay, let's focus on the kruvim for a little bit. Well, my kruv, these kruvim, these children, right? We're all familiar with the kruvim, right? The young boy and the young girl, these figurines that were uh, that were on the aron. Okay, what does kruv even mean? Amar kravya. Shekain Bababa currently nuka ravya. You know what it is? Kir ravya. Like a ravya, like a child. So if you want to know what the word kruva means, it means it's all it means is like children. Okay? That's what the word kruva means. Amalia Abai says, Amiata Adam, Kruv, Adam. Why would you change kruv to Adam? According to what you're saying, a kruv is a Adam, right? A kruv is a child. So why would it change the the Wording from Krub to Adam. Says the Gemara that um, the difference is that an Adam gives off the connotations of a uh, a more mature body, a larger type of Adam, right? Is a is a, a full fledged uh, full fledged adult, and a Krub seems to give off the impression that it's more of a smaller child. Hence. A smaller face. Okay. Period. Let's keep our let's keep our mind on the sugif. So far, Hilchesukha, minimum measurement, ten tvachim. Why? From the arun. The arun was ten tvachim when you combine the size of the arun itself as well as the thickness. Okay. Now says the Gemara. How do you know that you need tent fachim underneath the schach? Maybe my sukkah would be kosher when I have tent fachim including the schach. Maybe it's tent fachim tall even with the schach. Okay? You understand? This is a very, very, very strong question. It's a very strong question. Why? Why is it a strong question? Listen here, guys. That's, I need you. I need you. We have to chop this, okay? The aron was only nine tefachim. The covering is a tefach. Let me ask you a question. What's the covering of a sukkah? The schach. So why don't we say that the sukkah needs to be nine tefachim? Let the schach take up the last tefach space, and it still uh, still suffices. If the whole source is the aron with the cover, why did we paskin? Oh, one second. If there's less than ten tefachim of a hollow area inside, the schach comes down a little bit. All of a sudden, the whole thing's puzzled. Why? The whole source for ten tefachim is the aron. The aron itself is nine. Then you had the covering, which was one tefach. Why don't we view a standard sukkah the same way and let the covering take up space? Let the schach be included in the ten tefach space. Strong question. Beauty. Says the Gemara, you knocked me out. You're right. You're right. That can't be the source for sukkah. Because if the aron and the covering would be the source for sukkah, this question, uh, the, the, uh, a sukkah would only have to be nine tefachim of space inside. So how are we going to answer this? Says the Gemara, beautiful. All right. Here's where... The math comes in. Let's go. We're going to learn it out. 
from the base Hamikdash. The first base Hamikdash. The house that Shlomo Melech built for Hashem, Shishim Amma Orchba Orkoi, was sixty amos long. The Esrim Rachba, twenty amos wide. Shloishim Amma Kamoser, thirty amos tall. Uksiv Koyme Sakrova Echad Esrim Amma Vachin Akrova Sheni Yehidis. The height of the two Kruvim were ten amos v'tani alom, and we learned about it of v'tanya, and we learned in a brayso. Okay, listen to this. How big were the Kruvim? How big, how tall were they? We don't know. We don't know. We do know that in the first base Hamikdash, the Kruvim were 10 Amos. 15 to 20 feet tall. Now, the whole height of the Kedesh HaKadoshim was 30 Amos. So that means the height of the Kruvim was a third, in the first base HaMikdash, was a third of the total height. And we're assuming that the reason why Shlomei HaMelech made the Kruvim so tall is because in the Mishkan of the Midbar and earlier, before the base was built, they took up one-third of the height, and previously the height of the, 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 height of the Mishkan was 30 Tfachim, not 30 Amas, 30 Tfachim, so the Kruvim must have been 10 Tfachim. Since the Kruvim before were 10 Tfachim, one-third of the height, so by the first base of Mikdash, Shlom Melech made the Kruvim 10 Amos to be a third of the height of the total 30 Amos. Now, Mishkan Kamehave, how do you know? Let's get into how big the Mishkan itself was. How tall was the Mishkan? Eser Amos. It was ten Amos. Tuchsev it says Eser Amos Erech Hakeresh. Ten Amos was how tall each of the boards were. Kama Havalu. How many Tfachim do you have in ten Amos? Shisin Pushchi. Sixty, right? Because six Tfachim per Amma. So if you have ten Amos, you have sixty Tfachim. Tulse Kama Hava. How much is a third of sixty? Eserim Pushchi. Twenty Tfachim. Okay, so that means the Kruvim reached, the top of the Kruvim reached 20 Tfachim off the floor. Now, they weren't on the floor. Where were they? On top of the Aaron. And how tall was the Aaron? Dalasar, Darn, the Kapiris. The Aaron was nine. Kapiris was one. So that's ten. And now I'm sitting the Kruvim on top of them. So the Kruvim are starting at 10 Tfachim. They're reaching till 20 Tfachim. So how tall were the Kruvim? Ten Tvachim. Right? Because I already had ten Tvachim. And now I'm adding ten Tvachim, which means the top of the Kruvim, Pashul Asar, so you have ten Tvachim left. It means the, the Kruvim were ten Tvachim tall. Another, uh, another, um, we'll call it, Mili Vidichusa, another little uh, joke they, they say. Not so funny, but a little bit. So it's good to throw in. Good to throw in. Say, so how do you know that Moshe Rabbeinu was a Satmar Chassid? How do you know he was a Satmar Chassid? Yeah? So the, the answer is like this. First, you have to know, was he a Chassid or a Misnagid? He was Zichr. I mean, if somebody has Chassid as Moshe Rabbeinu, he was, he was a Chassid, right? So we know for sure he was Chassidish. 
That's for sure. That's the premise of the answer. Now you have to figure out how, what type of chassid he was. So here's the thing. If he's chassid, he for sure wore a shrine. Maish Rabbeinu himself was ten amas tall. It would be disrespectful for him to be taller than the Mishkan. The Mishkan was ten amas tall. So he for sure didn't wear a strimal that went above the Mishkan. So if he was ten amas tall and he wore a strimal, he must, he must have worn a plachabibe. He must have worn a flat strimal that didn't go above his head. Now there's only two chassidists that wear plachabibes. There's two chassidists that wear flat strimals. The Satmar and the Breslov. Yeah? Now, Breslov, not everybody wears a plachabibu. And if Maisha Rabbeinu would have been Breslov, Avada would be the Minaganala Breslov to wear a, 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 a flat shrine. But they don't. Vaistais, he was a Satmachasid. Because they're the only ones that everybody wears plachabibus. All right, so that's saying no, Maisha Rabbeinu was a Satmachasid. All right, because Maisha was Tanamis, the Mishka was Tanamis. Beautiful. Okay, fine. As long as I'm entertaining myself. Uksiv, they say in Rabbanus, you can find the Dvar Torah to support anything you want to say. <laughs> okay. Uksibay Akrubin Parshikan Fam Lamala Saikan Bikan Famala Kapiris. The Krubin should be with wings spread on top of them. Covering the Kapiris with the wings. Carry Rachmanus Khlamalamaya Saro. You see from here Rachmano Akadush Baraku, who's known as a Rachman. Schocha covers over Lamaila Maya Saro. When do you have a co- what's considered a covering when you have ten Tfachim on the wings? had ten tfachim of space underneath them, that's what's called schach. When it's called, I'm covering something over, as opposed to this being an extension, when there's ten tfachim of hollow space. And that's why I need ten tfachim in my sukkah. How do you know that the Kruvim's wings were on top of their heads? Maybe it was equal to their heads. And when we say it was, and we call it schach, maybe it means including their wings was ten tzvachim, and you don't need a full ten tzvachim of space. Maybe their wings took up space. Amr of Achab, Yaakov, Rachab, Yaakov says, because says it was above. Okay, maybe if it's above, maybe it means even above ten tzvachim. Maybe you need ten tzvachim plus. And for the Gemara... Miksiv lamala lamala, say above above. No, it's a standard. Yeah, they were tantvachim of airspace. Hence, uh, a sukkah, in order to be called schach, needs tantvachim of airspace underneath it. Okay, let's pause for a moment and again get a grip on what just happened. We started out today with a shiloh. How do you know that a sukkah is tantvachim in order to be kosher? We tried answering from the arun. The Aram was nine, the Kaparis was one. We had different proofs as to, as to uh, how you knew that it was one tefach. Says the Gemara, but one second. If you're going to learn it out from the Aram and the covering, then you should include the covering in your tenth fachim. On that, the Gemara answers, oh, you're right, we're going to have to come out with a new proof that you need tenth fachim for a sukkah. You know why? From the Kruvim. Because the Kruvim were exactly, their wings were exactly ten tfachim above the aron, and we used the word tzchacha, tzchacha lamayla, right? It was, it was a covering. You see that in order to be a covering, you need ten tfachim, at least ten tfachim of airspace underneath the wings. Hence, the schach area that takes up cannot be separate from, from what's underneath. It cannot take up space. The schach itself cannot take up space, 
the same way the wings of the Kruvim did not take up space within the Ten Tvachim of what was underneath it. Period. End of that proof. Okay. Now, now that we proved that in order to be called Tchach, you need Ten Tvachim of space to be able to dwell in. Let's pause on that sugya and keep, keep that in our pockets. And let's just talk about the Aaron for a little bit. Okay, because once we brought it in for this whole idea of sukkah, we're going to just spend some time on this sugya, learning about the height of the Aaron and different machlaiks and about it. So here we go. But again, keep in mind, the main idea of a sukkah being ten tzvachim, we just proved for the Kruvim from now. Okay. According to a mayor who says that we're dealing with regular Amos in the base Hamikdash, which means six Tfachim Amos. So everything makes sense, right? The Kruvim took up, the top of the Kruvim took up one third of everything else. Who says the Amma of the Mishkan was six Tfachim, but the Amma of the Kalim was only five Tfachim. Okay, there were five Tfachim for each Amma. So what are you going to say? If each Amma is only five Tvachim, how big were the Aran and the Kapiris? Eight and a half. Right? They were eight and a half Tvachim. Why is it eight and a half Tvachim? Because if one Amma is five Tvachim, an Amma and a half is seven and a half Tvachim, and then you have the covering, which is one Tefach. Nachon? Got the math? Beautiful. So now... The top of the Aaron is only eight and a half Tvachim high. And the Kruvim reached until 20 Tvachim high. That means, how tall were the Kruvim? 11 and a half Tvachim. Ema sukkah sorry upalga, beautiful. Let's say a sukkah needs to be 11 and a half Tvachim tall. According to Rabbi Yehuda, why is it 10 Tvachim? Let it be 11 and a half. Because that was the amount of space. According to him, that was underneath the wings of the Kruvim. Says the Gemara, you're right. If that would be the source for sukkah, the kruvim, it would be 11 half. But Rabbi Yudah doesn't learn the kruvim as the source for hilcha sukkah. He has a Messiah, the Amar of Chiyah Barashi Omarav, Shiurin Chatzitzah, Machitzah, Allah, and Lishmisina. Measurements, Chatzitzah, what gets in the way of mikvah, Machitzah, what's considered a divider. All these things are Allah, and Lishmisina. And therefore, if you want to know, <coughs> the measurement of a sukkah, what's the source? A pasuk? No. Not going to be a pasuk. It's going to be a halachum ha'shmisina. And I don't need a source other than what my Rebbe told me. And my Rebbe said it's 10 tzvachim. Aye, but the kruvim, it's 11 and a half tzvachim. Okay, but uh, that's not my source anyway. So I'm agreeing with the halachum. So let's explain. What we're saying is, a sukkah needs to be 10 tzvachim tall. It needs to be 10 tzvachim of space. Says the Gemara, according to Reb Meir, the source for that is the Kruvim. According to Reb Yehuda, the source of it is Allah Hu Says the Gemara, Shurim Daraisaninu. How could you say that the measurements are Allah Hu Sinai's? Shurim are Daraisas. Dechsev Ereschitas Aragevadena Vrima, Inerit Sraz, a land of wheat, barley, grapes, dates, uh, figs, pomegranates, Erezeshem Nudvash, a land flowing with oil, oil and honey. All these, this whole list is giving us different measurements. Chita, what is unique about wheat? It's also a measurement for the Bayez Samanuga. 
that if, uh, if a, a home gets taras on it, the measurement of that home, of what's considered taras, is the size of wheat. What does that mean? That's not. We learned in a mission. Right? We know that a person could get taras on a house. Alright? Um, so, Hanichna is the base of another. person goes into a house that has taras. How long do you need to be in there in order to become tummy with the house? The Caleb Alksefov, he's carrying garments on his shoulder, the sandal of Tabaz, the other is holding his shoes. Who behind Tmei and Miyad? Him and they become Tomei immediately because they become like secondary to him. Okay? They become part of him. Top of tomorrow's daf. Hayalabash Caleb, let's say he's wearing the garments instead of carrying the garments. The sandal of Baraglav, and he's got his shoes on his feet. The Tabaisev, as Vaisev, and his rings on his fingers, he's wearing them. Who Tomei Miyad? He's Tomei Behin Taranachi Achilas Pras. That's the weed here. Is everything else becomes tummy only if he's there long enough? Kedei achilas pras. The amount of time it takes to eat a half a loaf of bread. Paschitim loy pasa'er. Okay, which is what type of bread? Wheat bread, not barley bread. Mesev aichel beliftan. It's type of bread that you're chilling with, you're relaxing with, you're establishing a meal with. Nowadays, there's differences of opinion. It ranges anywhere between two and nine minutes. That's why it talks about chita. Okay. Um, I want to hold it here. We're mamish mitten sugya, but we're going to hold it here for today because the sugya is going to take us down towards the bottom of the amud, um, and we'll hold it here for now. But uh, we'll we'll restart Belshem tomorrow with shiurim de iraisa, okay, which is uh, six lines from the bottom of hayamud beis, and we're going to pick on Rabbi Yehuda because again, what did we say? What are we in the middle of? Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that all measurements, including the size of a sukkah. We're going to question that because we're about to we're about to show many many halachas where many specific measurements are learned out from this pasuk, and we're going to challenge him and say, how could you say it's not written in verse in psukim if you find uh, sources are written in psukim? And we'll pick up from here. Bezas Hashem tomorrow. Have a wonderful wonderful evening, everybody. We'll see everybody tomorrow evening at seven o'clock.